There are lessons the Green Bay Packers can learn from the Super Bowl teams. Just don't take away the wrong ones. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we take a look back at Super Bowl 56 what is useful and what is not when it comes to the Packers and their perspective. This is something that teams do every offseason. People in the front office or coaches or both will go through the league and they will find trends. They will identify teams. They will identify strategies and, and they will do studies on them. Salary cap studies, draft studies, um, tendency studies. What were teams doing that was successful? What worked? What didn't? And I think it's important that we don't overlearn lessons, that we don't learn the wrong lessons when we're looking at teams that win. And and you know the big one with the Rams is the risk of the all-in proposition. We know what the risk is. History has shown us the risk. This is also showing us the potential reward, which is why it is so appealing, which is why it was so appealing for the LA Rams in the first place. When you have that kind of premium talent, when you have a coach that you believe can elevate talent, that makes it easier to justify um, some some short-term aggressiveness at the expense of potential uh, sustenance sustenance when it comes to what your team is able to be longer term. But there are, I think, some important takeaways for Green Bay. Let's start with the things that I think are useful for the Packers. The first one, the most important one, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. And then just for good measure, pass rush. The Rams were the number one team in pass rush win rate this season. Aaron Donald is a big reason for that, but it wasn't just Aaron Donald. They get Von Miller. They add Von Miller. Pretty good player. Took him a little while to get acclimated to what LA was doing, but once he did, he started terrorizing opponents. Leonard Floyd. He's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups, but he won them. You cannot overinvest in your pass rush. And if you're the Packers and you go back to that 2019 draft and you were going, oh, Rashawn Gary, the Packers, Preston Smith, they just did this whole thing. You cannot overinvest in pass rush. And by the way, Rashawn Gary's play in 2021 is proof of that because guys are going to get hurt. Play is going to decline. You're going to be in a situation where you're going to play a team that can block your dudes. And you're going to need two, three, four guys that can get after the quarterback. The Packers, when they had all their guys on the field, when they had Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary on the field against the 49ers, they tore that offensive line up. 
You cannot overinvest in pass rush. So the Packers, Sedarius Smith, probably going to be the on man out in this situation. You can you can take a premium pick on a pass rusher, first round pick, second round pick, third round pick. I think it would be prudent to do it because these guys usually take some time. You're not going to get Nick Bosa. You're not going to get Joey Bosa. And even some of the guys like Brian Burns, who were more productive as rookies than someone like, say, Rashawn Gary. That's great, but but you don't have a top 10 pick or top 15 pick to throw at the problem. At 28, you're not going to get those premium, premium pass rushers. Now, Montez Sweat, he was there at the end of the first, but he was there at the end of the first because of injury concerns. So the, the point, though, is you always need to be finding ways to boost your pass rush. The Packers... They could extend Rashawn Gary. I think they will extend one of the Smiths. I assume it's going to be Preston Smith because he's going to be cheaper. At least we assume he's going to be cheaper. And so you don't need an Aaron Donald player around whom your entire defense can be built if you have a a bunch of guys that you can throw at the quarterback. The Rams sacked Joe Burrow five times in the third quarter alone, six times in the game. And it was a bloodbath in the second half. The Packers really did it to Jimmy Garoppolo. They pressured the crap out of him. And they and they, they got a lot of pressure over the course of the season. They didn't always turn it into sacks in ways that would have been really beneficial to your, your team building and, and, and your team's success, to be sure. So... That is something that that Green Bay can can say, look, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, that's a really good start. You add one more guy in there, and this defense can once again be really, really good. Offensive line. You have to be able to block the pass rushers. Have to, and, and not just the pass rushers. Neither one of these teams could block in the run game. I, I don't care as much about that. Longtime listeners of the show know I don't care as much about that. When the, the Rams were struggling to make their comeback, it was due in part to the fact that Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard, these guys were coming at Matt Stafford. And we know what the Rams front did. They ultimately won them the game in the second half. The Bengals couldn't block them. You cannot overinvest in offensive line. It's the same premise. Because other teams are going to invest heavily in pass rush. So you cannot spend too much to solidify that, especially if your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, who has historically over the last couple of years been significantly worse when he faces pressure. Now, he has been really good at not facing pressures, getting the ball out, and the pass protection has been really good. But... You have to continue to allocate resources to that. I expect the Packers to take a tackle in the top 100. First round, second round, third round. I think when you look at what their needs are, it makes the most sense. A pass rusher, a an offensive tackle, and a receiver. Those would be the guys that, that, I, would, that I would target. Safety is the dark horse here depending on on how they feel about what's going on around them. Maybe you feel like you can move Kevin King to safety. Maybe you feel like you can move Russell Douglas to safety. He said he's willing to do that. 
Maybe you move Shannon Sullivan to safety, but pass rusher, offensive tackle, receiver. I think that's where you look at this. And, and that segues nicely into the third thing. Receivers change your whole life. One virtuoso talent is enough. And if you're the, if you're the Bengals, you know, you get the T Higgins play. And that's a great play. A little bit of a lucky play because he gets away with the face mask, the, the OPI. But Jamar Chase, he, he creates multiple splash plays on arguably the best corner, the most certainly the most physically gifted corner in the league. And in the second half for the Rams, they ran a one-man show offense. It was Cooper Cup and friends. Cooper Cup and his his children, basically. I mean, Ben Skoranek, God bless him, he's, he's barely an NFL receiver. And yet on the last drive when the Rams needed something, they got Cooper Cup the ball. That's a two-part lesson for Matt LaFleur and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. You always have to have these ways to find opportunities to get your best players the ball. The, the Packers offense against the 49ers in particular, so blech. It was so blah. It was so blasé. It was so uh, complacent. That's what it was. They felt like they could just go run their stuff. And that's sort of what they did all season. It was... We're going to execute our stuff better than you can stop it. And they found a team that played disciplined enough that that was not the case. And they had enough to stop Devontae Adams. And the Packers didn't have enough creative ways to get him the ball in space. And it wasn't enough. But the Rams proved, at least for short spans, when you really need it, one guy is enough. But that one guy, pretty crucial. So you have to have at least that both these teams invested heavily in the skill positions. Odell Beckham, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. He was was a big part of the first half of this game. Then he gets hurt, gone in the second half. This is the, the, the fear. This is the risk that you take. Now, he was not a big financial investment, but this is a splashy move. Being a top-heavy team has its risks for exactly this reason. I'm not the only one who thought once OBJ went out that this offense was going to struggle to move the ball. And guess what? This offense struggled to move the ball. And so uh, Green Bay has to be cognizant of that, the, the kinds of players that they're bringing in. And I think they need to continue to diversify the kinds of players that they have there. And that includes moving heaven and earth to keep Devontae Adams, which if Aaron Rodgers comes back, I don't think is going to be difficult to do. I think they will be able to do it. And I think they will do it. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach fired is going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. Here's a couple of things that that I think are are worth bringing up here in terms of what I, what I believe is fool's gold. Um, splash plays 
and splash players do not guarantee success. OBJ was a big part of getting this team to the position that they were in. Reports are he tore his ACL. He's going to be out next year. Maybe, maybe not on the Rams at all. Maybe not on any team. The, the Rams were a fourth down conversion, a fourth and one conversion away from potentially losing this game in part because they lost a guy that they were counting on. When you build a top-heavy roster, the injuries are more perilous to your success. And so when you look at the Packers, they don't have a top-heavy roster. They have elite talent. They have that top-level blue-chip talent, the Elton Jenkinses and the Zadarius Smiths and the Jair Alexanders and the David Bakhtiaris. What do those four players have in common? None of them played more than eight games this season. In fact, David Bakhtiari played half a game. Zadarius Smith played half a game. Jair Alexander played three and a half games in the regular season. And yet they were a 13-win team. And they were a 13-win team because this roster is balanced. They found some guys in Russell Douglas and Devondre Campbell for cheap that came in and played at a high level for them. Devondre Campbell, first-team All-Pro. My guess is they will pay to keep him if they can. And that that's part of the plan. Part of these discussions that we've heard about between Rodgers and the front office are precisely about who are the guys to keep, who's worth keeping, and how do you do it? You have to build a deep team to win. Go back to 2010 when the Packers won. They lost Jermichael Finley. They lost a ton of players over the course of the season. They were one of the most injured teams in the league. That was where the Pack IRs moniker started, I believe. Someone can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on that. And they won the Super Bowl because that team had so much depth and so much talent. Jordy Nelson, not yet a fully grown star player. Nick Collins was coming into his own. He was a star at the time, but not, not quite on that elite level that he could have become if he had stayed healthy. Sam Shields, undrafted free agent, plays a huge role in what they're able to do. Even James Starks. You need those pieces. Brian Bulaga, a rookie tackle. You need those players. Just like you need the Howard Greens. And you need the Charlie Peppras. And you need the, the James Starkses of the world to win these games. The Rams, they needed a big play down the sideline to Daryl Henderson. They needed their fifth tight end, Bryson Hopkins, to come in and give them important reps, catches, targets in the Super Bowl. You have to, you still have to build out your roster. And the Packers have done a really good job of doing that. The other thing that I think the Packers don't need to overlearn is this idea, you know, you, you look at what the Bengals built, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, T.J. Uzama. Tyler Boyd, not really a factor in this game, had the big drop. Um, the, the Rams, they had Robert Woods, 
They use a top 100 pick on Van Jefferson. He he mostly no-shows. I mean, Stafford misses him once, throws a pick in his direction, and another time when Jefferson does not come back to the ball, OBJ gets hurt. All they really needed was Cooper Cup and a good offensive game plan and some good throws from Stafford. That, that third down throw, the no-look throw, filthy. Absolutely ridiculous filthy. I've had plenty of negative things to say about Matthew Stafford over the last couple of days. That play was unbelievable. They needed the one guy. The, the Bengals needed one and a half guys. They needed Jamar Chase and they needed one big play from someone else. And that would, that would have been enough if they could block anyone, anyone. I, frankly, if Joe Mixon had been in on the last drive or if they hadn't thrown you know, if, if they hadn't gotten a little over aggressive and tried to throw that shot throw to Jamar Chase on second and one, that wasn't there. The mixed miscommunication, it's hard to blame Burrow for that, but you got to have a better play there. You got to have a better play there. Zach Taylor, what are you doing? That was a game that was mismanaged in so many different ways. In these big moments, you need your elite players, your superstar players to come through for you. The depth, of course, is important. But it's your frontline guys that ultimately are going are gonna to get this done. Now, I'm talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth, right? Because I just said the splash signings aren't enough. And they're not. There is this tightrope that you have to walk in team building. The Packers have walked it. You get Devontae Adams, but then you also are able to get complimentary pieces like Alan Lazard, MVS, Randall Cobb. If Devontae Adams is out, you're screwed. And if and if the Rams had lost Randall or Cooper Cup, but not Odell Beckham, they would have been in big trouble too. I don't think they win this game because OBJ at this point in his career is just not that guy anymore. I, 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 I sort of view... Depth behind frontline players when you have the frontline players as um, it's it's nice to have, not need to have. If you lose that top guy, you're in big trouble usually. Usually. I mean, where are the Bengals without Jamar Chase? But even, even teams that have depth. I mean, look at the Cowboys when one of Amari Cooper or... CeeDee Lamb are out. Look at the, the Chiefs with Patrick freaking Mahomes when one of Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill are out. You lose those superstar players. And they have some, that you know, they have, if Tyreek is out, they have Travis Kelsey. Not the same. When Travis Kelsey is out, they have Tyreek Kill. Not the same. Because those guys, by the way, not as good as Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams, but that's a separate issue. You don't need just the skill talent. You need to have the complementary pieces. You need to be able to block. If the Bengals could have blocked 20% better, Joe Burrow has enough time to get to secondary reads on that fourth down play or the third down play. Or they were able to get a first down here or a first down there in the second half. They couldn't block. They overallocated resources at the skill positions. You, you, this goes back to perfect point to the, the top of the show. You cannot over allocate resources to blocking. You can to pass catching. Now, this is going to sound like a defensive Green Bay. It's not. 
But if you're going to focus in one of those directions, blocking is the way to go. Block, block, block. Because if you can block the guys, look, Tom Brady has proven this over the years because he's always had good pass protection. And he's always had schemes that protect him, whether it's the play action, whether it's the heavy sets, whether it's Rob Gronkowski staying in as a blocker. They have prioritized pass protection. It's not just the skill talent in Tampa with Tom Brady, by the way. It's Tristan Wirfs. It's Ryan Jensen. It's Ali Marpet. It's the guys that make sure Brady stays upright. That is the difference. That's what allows you to push the ball down the field to Mike Evans, to Chris Godwin, to Antonio Brown. You have to be able to block. So for Green Bay, they can, they can block pretty well. If Billy Turner is not around, you move Josh Nijman to the right tackle. And there are some decisions that need to be made there. The Packers don't need to go crazy finding pass catchers. They need to be able, they can protect Aaron Rodgers. They need to be able to get Devontae Adams the ball and they need to have some nice complimentary pieces. I'm not saying don't go on and get somebody. Make sure you can block. Make sure you can block. Crucial. And then this is a little inside, but it's something we've talked about on the show before. It's something that I've talked about with the Packers before. The Rams in this game were emblematic of a concept that is applicable around the league, including in Green Bay. So it's not, I'm not just taking one sample size and saying, hey, look. But what we saw was a team that could not run the football at all. Could not run the football. The worst performance per carry by a run team in a Super Bowl that they won ever, ever. They play action the crap out of Cincinnati. <laughs> they hit on some of these play action plays. You need to mirror your play action with your run game. It's about execution. It's about design. It's not about running it effectively. This is something that I have been pushing and pushing and pushing with the Packers. Matt LaFleur, he sort of knows, says that he knows and he's seen the data. Aaron Rodgers has even mentioned, oh, we got to you know run the ball to, to pick up play action. No, no, no. You need to call play action in, in situations where it is most advantageous. By the way, third and short, not really a big advantage versus just a straight drop back game. I think there are some situations where it can be. I, th I do think if you're running the ball well, it can be more advantageous. And running the ball in the red zone is actually good, by the way. So for those of you who are just like, well, then you'd never, you'd never run. No, there are actually a lot of a lot of good opportunities and situations where it's good to run the ball. But you do not need to run it well to play action it. You need to run it enough that defenses believe credibly that you're going to run it. That's it. That's it. And the Rams almost ran themselves out of this game by being too conservative, by believing, okay, well, we have to try and get this going if we want to get the play-action game going. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you do not. And I made the joke on Twitter. We need someone, we need the nerds at 1265 to say, Matt LaFleur, you do not need to run the ball well to play-action it. You just need to run it often enough that they believe you will run it. And you need to have good design play actions and you need to make it look like your other runs. You can't be predictable when they know the play action is coming. 
by whether it's by down and distance, whether it's by formation, whether it's by um, field um, part. You know, some teams love to run play action between the 40s or you get your first 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 down after you cross midfield play action shot play. That's a classic. You don't want to be predictable that way. So you always have to be making sure that that you are keeping an eye on those kinds of things. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain and auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you want to, why would you willingly spend 30%? 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. All right. Um, no updates on the Aaron Rodgers front. Um, and what you're mostly going to hear over the next week or two or three or four, however long it takes for us to get a decision, is whispers from places like Denver, the Denver media, man, and not just the media, but bloggers and radio people and whatever people associated with Denver, Broncos and Jace, they're going to push it. They're going to push the narrative. Oh, wouldn't it be a great place? Wouldn't it be great? Why, you know, how how can how can someone like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson look at what just happened and not want to go somewhere else? Well, maybe because they feel like the best place for them to succeed is where they are. And if you're Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, I don't know how you look at a team like Denver and conclude, nah, that's a better situation for me than Green Bay. Or uh, Vegas, that's a better situation for me than in Green Bay. Now, there may be some places that that would feel like that. Um, and maybe a place like Denver that, that, you know, you have some deep stable of receivers and then some cap space where you can lure some of these top free agents to come to is, is something that, that makes sense. That's a lot of ifs and ands and buts and maybes. I don't see the situation out there that makes you go, yeah, I have to leave for this. This is that thing that is so appealing to me. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers going with sloppy seconds to Tampa. What's interesting is. We've, we've heard from the uh, insider intelligentsia that Tampa wants to make a splash with their quarterback, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers not really a big name there. The only place you're hearing whispers about the future of Aaron Rodgers and, oh, would he, would he leave and, and, oh, he wants to come here, Denver, because they want him. They're so lusty. They're so thirsty. Oh, my God. I mean, they it's getting sad. It's really it's really it's really getting sad. They're like the guy on Tinder that just swipe, 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 swipe and hopes to get lucky. But he's just it's just the same picture over and over. It's just Rogers swipe, swipe, swipe. I mean, uh, and I don't know why I engage. I really don't. I mean, I got into it yesterday on Twitter with a guy who's who's pinned tweet whose pinned tweet is the Wolverine picture meme and the picture that he's 
longingly and lovingly touching is Aaron Rodgers. These guys are lusting after Aaron Rodgers. They want him so bad that they're going to tie themselves in knots to convince themselves he's coming. Giggity. That's what she said, etc. Don't don't listen to it. All the reporting that we have, all the indications that we have suggest Rodgers is coming back. So this has become a trend now that we, we end these podcasts like this. But until we hear otherwise, that's the deal. That's how we should be operating. And I, I, I don't know why I'm, I, I'm like, I'm mad at myself for engaging because it's just silliness. It's silliness. So that's where we are. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.